Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 21 of Speaking Up. This is a podcast about people standing up on the issues of the day and speaking up when it matters most. I'm your host, Miles Taylor. We are doing this on Call-In, a social podcasting app that lets us, if we want to, take questions from listeners. We also will be publishing this episode, as always, on Apple and Spotify later today. I'm really looking forward to talking to our guest, uh, who happens to be someone who is leading one of the major political parties in the United States. No, not the Democrat or Republican parties. This is the chair of the Libertarian Party. And uh, there's going to be a lot of discussion today around uh, what that means, because we've seen polls, especially in the past year, that show Americans are very eager to support a third party in the United States or to see the creation of a third party in the United States. And the libertarians would respond, there already is one. (laughs) It is the Libertarian Party. Uh, So I'm excited to welcome Whitney Bielu today. And Whitney, thrilled to have you on the program and uh, to pick your brain a little bit. How are you doing? So I'm doing all right. It's it's Bilyeu, by the way. Yeah. I, whenever I say your name, I try to I slip into like kind of a really bad Midwestern person's version of a New Orleans accent. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> don't speak French. <laughs> yeah, you warned me that was going to happen. Uh, Whitney, how often does that happen to you? Oh, all the time. Yeah, it must have been hard in elementary school to even get through. Well, that's my married name, so. <laughs> well, there my, you uh, go. My, my maiden name is Taylor. Oh, well, you are in good company then today, <laughs> ladies. Very good to, very good to have you, Whitney Taylor. <laughs> um, uh, look, Whitney, I, I want to kick off with this. I mean, y- you and I know each other a little bit, not a lot, which, uh, which I think actually lends itself to me asking you anything. And, and one of the questions I want to ask you about is, what the hell is happening in American politics? And I don't mean the the Trumpism, the craziness, the midterms. I, I mean this like every single day we're seeing new headlines about third party politics or people fed up and quitting their parties. I just quit the Republican Party in full disclosure. Um, yes. Why is all this happening now? Like, what are, what are the forces at play here that you are seeing as someone who sits atop, uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the major third parties here in the United States? Uh, well, I mean, you mentioned the, the polls that have been reported recently, you know, six, somewhere between 60 and 75 percent of people claim uh, that they want a third option. And, you know, we libertarians are over here like, hello, we've been on the ballot in 50 states plus for a while now. And, um so clearly the option is there. They're, they're getting the options that they claim they want, yet we find that many people are still just choosing the same thing over and over again. Uh, I think that it's all just kind of been in this pressure cooker, building and building and building. And, you know, it's been growing. I mean, the Libertarian Party is the third largest and fastest growing political party uh, in the country. And um, it's partly because many of those people who have been claiming to want other options are now finally willing to go out on that limb or, or truly step away and let go of that vine. Um, and, you know, to, to come on to the next one. And we are now like, I've just seen it myself being involved in the party for the last 10 years, 
out nowadays, just like when the within the last cycle or cycle and a half, I don't meet anyone anymore who, when they hear libertarian, asks what that is. Everyone now seems to know they've at least heard of us, and that's huge. You know, for those of us who've been doing this work all day, every day for years, that is a huge uh, step in the right direction for us to to now know that people have heard of us, and not all of them in, in negative light, because most of them will say to me, "Oh yeah, I kind of feel like I agree with most of the stuff you guys say." Um, so I think that it's just starting to reach that 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 boiling point. Like it's. People are truly, truly getting closer to being ready to start casting votes. And then because of that, the, the duopoly is recognizing that, and now they're starting to put you know, counter pressure um, on their legislatures and sort of to fight back against this wave of new interests in, in the third parties, particularly the Libertarian Party. Um, so people truly are fed up. People are trying, are starting to finally realize that this whole game is rigged to make us all hate each other so that the government can keep doing what it wants to do under the control of the two old parties. They just fight yeah. over which aspects of our lives they're going to control. Um, hey, Whitney, I'm seeing from, uh, our listeners, you and I tried to address audio at the top end. We've got a number of listeners noting that they're having trouble hearing us. Maybe, uh, maybe we want to rem- have you remove your AirPods and try to just put the phone up to your ear. Let's see if that works. All right. Is this any better? Uh, let's see. Katrine says, I can hear you fine, Miles. Can folks hear Whitney? Whitney, over to you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just on speaker now. I think that sounds better on this end on speaker and uh in fact we will uh we'll take a caller to test this out okay armchair we're we're switching up the order here my friend and we're taking a caller now so we can test out audio armchair are you there Uh, i am there thank you Um, you're you're, armchair you're you're our guinea pig today my friend uh whitney (laughs) yeah yeah it's, it's quite an opportunity uh thank you for taking my call um I guess, I mean, I just, uh, I don't know how long, I guess you've been talking for 10 minutes, so maybe maybe you've covered this a little bit, and apologies, there's, I'm walking by the highway, so uh, you know, if you can't hear me, just let me know. Uh, but, uh, like, I've been hearing a lot of folks, I'm on the left, and but I've been hearing a lot of folks across the political spectrum, including people on the left, as well as, you know, libertarians like yourself, um, you know, communicate this, 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 um, this vision of our political system as profoundly broken and in need of repair and in need of you know new third parties, um, you know potentially the Green Party or or, or a Libertarian Party. But um, I have personally, and I am not just to be clear, I have no type of expertise on you know on on, on electoral politics, you know uh, beyond what your average human being knows, but I have a hard time imagining, you know, people from third parties getting into Congress, getting into the Senate. Uh, I don't even, to be honest, I don't even know a single example outside of, you know, independents, independent uh, 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 candidates who have ever been in Congress 
from third parties. So maybe you can, you know, maybe you can talk talk a little bit about, you know, how do you see, you know, given the gap right now between where we are with third parties and where we want to be, how do you see bridging that gap? How do you see, you know, breaking into Congress and the Senate with third parties as opposed to, you know, running candidates who are, you know, independent but who have, you know, who are staunchly, um, you know, ideological with regards to where they stand, you know, whether they be libertarian or whether they be, you know, somewhere where a Green Party is, for example. Uh, so, yeah, and thank you again for taking my call. So, so first of all, I just want to point out that we, we have uh, multiple, we have 350-plus libertarians um, elected currently around the country. And, um, and Whitney, I still, I, I think your audio still might be kind of low. I don't know if there's any ability to get closer to the to the speaker or the microphone there. It is right by my mouth. I don't know. All righty, we'll we'll fix it on the back end on distribution. We'll just uh, turn up our uh, audio. I, I don't know how to even take it off of speaker in this app. So, hmm, am I still there? Yeah, we 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 still got you quiet, but uh, but on the back end on publishing, we'll uh, we'll adjust the audio. I don't know what that's about. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah, we have we've got uh, Marshall Burt, who is in the state legislature in Wyoming, and uh, we took a trip there. My our executive director and myself went, went a couple months ago to visit with their governor and their speaker. And uh, it was by the end of the day, we had six people on the House floor of the Wyoming legislature wearing our porcupine pins. Uh, there is a huge appetite, even among you know these legislators, for for our libertarian ideas and our approach to things. Um, you know, Justin Amash uh, left the Republican Party while he was in office in, in Congress, and came to the Libertarian Party and then eventually was redistricted out of a job, which is something that has happened, we've seen happen uh, over time, which goes back to what I was saying earlier about once um, once the the system, once the, the people in power start to see the Libertarian Party getting closer and closer and becoming a threat, they start changing the rules to do things to keep us down um, because they don't actually want voters to have choices. They want them to have to choose between essentially the lesser of two evils, which is what we're all basically used to having to do. But we have uh, elected libertarians, you know, 300 plus all over the country. Um, that number is growing. We've got people running for governor right now in New York, Larry Sharp, and we've got Ricky Dale Harrington in Arkansas, really, really phenomenal candidates who have a lot to offer uh, and, and could do tremendous things, even if it's not at the federal level. And, you know, we, we can't just focus everything on the top of the ticket. That's, that's what most people see. But true politics, really, the things that impact us on a daily basis occur locally. And so we're focusing on making sure we're, we're putting in a lot of options for people there, too. Um, I don't know what the answer is, what the solution is to getting more third parties actually in these roles, because as long as the old parties get to control the debates, they get to control the law, election law, um, they get to control essentially a lot of the media, you know, that as long as they're able to do that, the third parties are just going to continue to have a difficult time. And we are fighting it daily. All of our state affiliates are fighting it daily, you know, at the state level as well. 
So, um, but I think that the people, the voters need to really start pushing for alternative voting methods, whether it's ranked choice voting, approval voting, getting ourselves in a position where we actually can exercise with confidence the choices that we're being provided. Uh, and that, you know, to help do away with the wasted vote, you know, myth and the, the they're, they're, they're throwing their vote away on someone who can't win. Well, they could win if people voted for them. And people would vote for them if they felt confident enough in the system that their vote mattered. And so, you know, I, there's no simple answer to it, but, but I, I agree that uh, it is a problem. It is lacking. And we've seen people in, you know, elected libertarians in positions and the duopoly, like I said, eventually just finds ways to get rid of them because they do indeed not only are threatening to their power, but also they get in the way of them doing the things that they want to do to control the rest of us. I want to ask you about the uh, spoiler, you know, concept and the spoiler myth here in a second. Um, But before I do on the question of whether we're going to see third party candidates take office in the U S house or the Senate, give us a prediction, Whitney, when, when do you think, we're likely to see someone at the federal level that's either a libertarian or represents another party. You know, you, you've in a sense gotten close. You know, Justin Amash, who was a recent Republican member of Congress, is now a, an avowed libertarian, um, potentially could have run uh, from the libertarian party. Do you think we're within a few years of seeing someone take one of those jobs and, and identify with a third party or perhaps even defect from one of the two parties? Uh, as a sitting member? I I do, actually. uh, A few years, yes. I would love to be able to say the very next cycle. I don't know if that's true, but we have to keep trying because we we are getting closer and closer. And, um, you know, more and more people, like I said, are starting to come to understand what the Libertarian Party specifically is and that we're not, that we are a legitimate political party with legitimate candidates. And so just being able to continue uh, getting the exposure is is making a huge difference. So uh, yeah, I would say within a few years of it, for sure. um, We have people all over the place who are, you know, in other states that are in state legislatures who are high profile and talking about defection too. And as they see, you know, people like yourself and people like Joe Walsh and people like David Jolly and people like um, you know, Andrew Yang and all of these people who have just decided they were absolutely done with their old parties. That's so important for other people to see and, and witness. And it builds confidence among the electorate of, okay, those, those are not the end-all be-all parties that we have to choose from. There are other options. And so it's really important that people like you guys are continuing to, to help spread this message um, not necessarily on our behalf, but we can certainly benefit from it and doing our part as a political party that is trying to break into that. I, I mean, I actually feel, uh, you know, I feel Whitney, like I'm a little bit late to the game. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the numbers show that half of Americans now consider themselves political independence. So, you know, it's been fashionable for a little while now to leave the two major parties, each of which, uh, depending on the poll, only claims around 25% of voters, respectively. That, that's a sea change from when someone like a Ross Perot ran for president and got 
19% of the vote, you know, back then, only a fraction of the country considered themselves political independents. Now, it would seem to me that you all have a massive marketplace of uh, consumers who are very eager to go find something new. As, as part of that, uh, how has the Libertarian Party thought about rebranding and, you know, putting a new coat of paint on something to say, hey, <laughs> listen, disaffected voters, uh, you've got a you've got a home. You may think you're politically homeless, but there's a place for you over here. How, how do you take that message back to people who are recently defecting from the Dems or the Republicans? Um, well, first, I want to say that the first time I ever got to vote for president, I voted for Ross Perot. Um, ah, the, see, you, you've been third party. You're a third party OG. <laughs> third yes, party absolutely. OG. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it took me many, many, many more years before I found that I actually had a political home. Um, and, and the Libertarian Party is definitely it. So uh, I, I, I think that, you know, a lot of the people who say that in the polls that they're, they're ready, they're leaving, they're done with the Republicans and Democrats. And, you know, they're looking for another option and they go independent. They, when they're presented with the libertarian party, they may be like, Oh, I like 80% of that. But then there's this one or two things that they just, they can't get behind. And that what we've seen actually, and I can't, you know, I don't have data to support this, but just anecdotally, a lot of those people still wind up going and voting for one of the other ones because on whatever that one or those one or two issues are that they just can't quite come with us on they sort of recoil back into the other one you know the other parties who who align with that and you know there are wedge issues that are used to scare the crap out of people um for that purpose and and sort of draw them back into just the the two-party system um i guess we could i don't have you know actual data right now on whether or not voter you know the non-voting numbers are increasing, but we're also in a situation where a lot of people are just not voting anymore because they just don't, they don't feel that they're being represented. Um, so yeah, I, I hear what you're saying that it's, we all feel like we're behind, you know, the Libertarian Party has been at this for 50 years. Uh, we just celebrated our 50th anniversary last year. And we, as far as rebranding or revamping or you know, anything like that. The bottom line is the things that we've been pushing for, for 71 or for since 1971, the Republicans and Democrats are now getting credit for, but these are things that we have been steadfast about since day one. And the Republicans and Democrats have been against. And then all of a sudden, as they start to change their views, then, you know, that sea change occurs within those particular issues and those parties benefit from it. Um, I don't know that that would have happened without the influence of the Libertarian Party over the last 50 years. So even though many people didn't know about us, uh, there were people out there pushing for our, our policies and trying to move things in a more libertarian direction within the existing system. And so for that, uh, we're, we're grateful and we know that we're the only party that ever has stood for those things since the, since the beginning. Um, I don't know, I, I may have lost track of your of your question there but um well well, i I want to jump to the spoiler question which is you know that's the easy thing right out of the gate for any party to level against a libertarian candidate or a third party candidate well you're just going to spoil it by drawing votes from one side or the other I, i find that argument fascinating 
because if you just look across the Atlantic, you know, we're, we're a short plane flight away from dozens of countries where there's more than just two parties <laughs> and, and places where no one calls them spoilers because there's more options. And so people, you know, accept those options. But because there's been two here for a long time, hey, if another one emerges, they're, they're a, a spoiler. What's your immediate response to that contention when you guys run candidates in key races? Yeah, I, uh, I spoke about that particular thing, what you just mentioned about the rest of the world in a, a legislative hearing when the Texas legislature was trying to basically double our... Um, okay, w- uh, Whitney, I have to acknowledge, I heard in the background the cantina theme from star Wars. I think that's a ringtone of yours. And I think it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Thank you. It is pretty fucking cool. And the person who, who, when that goes off, the person who is messaging me is pretty fucking cool. And that is <laughs> the libertarian party. <laughs> nice. Nice. Good theme. And, uh, I guess you know, I now that's publicly known. Yeah. <laughs> I'm available during this time, but anyway, I, while I'm on here, I don't know how to silence my, my ringtone. No, no, we'll gladly listen to Star Wars music at any point in this conversation. Please continue. <laughs> okay. Um, so I spoke at a, a legislative hearing about this. The, the Texas legislature was trying to, because they saw us coming, right? Uh, they tried to double our ballot access threshold from 5% to 10% uh, for a statewide candidate. And so, you know, dozens of us went up and, and spoke against this. And that was one of the things that I cited is that you know, the rest of the world, it's like a, in, in countries where they claim to have free and fair elections, they have a minimum of four parties automatically always on the ballot all the time everywhere. And, we're, you know, this country where we claim to be the freest and the fairest, we keep it, they do everything they can to keep it just to two. And so that is a, a, a significant point. And, you know, there are a lot of people who aren't involved in politics the way you and I are and the way most of the people in our networks are. There are people who just kind of live their lives and do their thing. And when it's time to vote, they tend to rely on just what they see on TV, you know, or maybe the voter guides that they get or maybe some polls that uh, results that get sent to them. But they don't actually have true understanding of, of what their options really are and what they mean. And so that is they so then they assume that if there's anybody extra in the race that it must be meant to spoil from our perspective any any race where there is not a libertarian is already a spoiled race it's already spoiled because it already means that someone that is you know no offense to anybody who's not absolutely a terrible person but those choices for us are terrible so anywhere where there's not the option to vote for a libertarian or even an independent or a Green Party candidate, anybody who's not part of the duopoly, anywhere where there's not that opportunity, it's already spoiled. Uh, we don't really concern ourselves with how we impact the results. For us, the fact that we impact the result is what matters because that means that you know when those numbers get reported, it's an indication to other people that, hey, these guys actually are drawing votes they actually are legitimate. They actually are viable. And if enough people start hearing about them and, and getting wind of this, that number is just going to grow. So we, we don't, 
we don't really concern ourselves with it. For some people, we wear it as actually like as a badge of honor if they if they actually spoiled an election. And we actually look at those numbers. And um, you know, two cycles ago, I think we had one candidate who actually covered the spread, and that was actually a, a point of pride for us. You know, uh, because at the end of the day, whether the Republican wins or the Democrat wins, it's still not a good result. And that's, that's just from our perspective. And so we can't be expected to just look at a race and go, oh, either one of those guys is fine, so we're not going to spoil it by putting a libertarian in. That's not our, – our, our job as a political party is not to just make sure that the Republicans and Democrats continue to win or continue to have the chance to win. That's not what we do here. So um, it's – you know, we, each of us in our different ways can explain that when that argument comes up with members of the public. But generally speaking, we don't care. Uh, that, that's that's probably a good bumper sticker for you guys, libertarians. We don't care. Well, that's not fair because that's what people think, and I will tell you that libertarians are the most generous and charitable and compassionate people I've ever, ever, ever had the pleasure of engaging with. Um, so well, let's, let's jump way back. I mean, you know, look for a lot of listeners, they won't really know what a libertarian is today. They may have perceptions of what a libertarian, you know, used to be. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the modern libertarian look like? Well, that's a good question and one that is debated even in within our organization. Um, there's always a contest over who's a real libertarian. Uh, I think that the bottom line for us is that we exist to to uphold the rights of the individual, that the individual is the ultimate sovereign, and that the government needs to have little to no place in our lives, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, using force and coercion to, to exist. Um, we, hmm, that is a difficult one. That's, it's, it's. It's pretty complex. <laughs> uh, we just we just want people to be able to live peacefully and engage in activities with each other consensually. And we subscribe to we all adopt, um, you know, to take an oath, if you will, the pledge of uh, the non-aggression principle, which we affectionately call the NAP. Um, you know, the principle of that we do not believe in using force or, co or coercion or violence to achieve social or political or personal financial goals. And for the most part, everyone in our organization agrees with that. And uh, sometimes people forget, you know, there's a little bit of human nature that we sometimes have to overcome, but that that's true in any political organization. But uh, for us, it really is just putting the individual first and it doesn't matter what their uh, race or ethnicity or age or occupation or nationality or immigrant status or any of that is, you know, it's just letting people live freely. And as long as it's peaceful, then none of my damn business. Another good bumper sticker for the party. Uh, Whitney, you said a number that I think would surprise listeners that there are more than 300 elected libertarians across the country. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of voters, uh, you know, the presidency is the only thing they think about. That's what captures the public imagination. They don't really have a 
sense of who's winning where in these various races. Talk to me a little bit about the party's strategy and focus on these down ballot races, but also how you view the prospect of putting someone that's a third party candidate into the Oval Office and how that may affect the overall third party movement in the United States if it were to happen. Well, first of all, the size, the size says it all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a political strategist. Um, That is above my pay grade. My pay grade is zero, by the way. Um, But, you know, there are people who get paid to, to analyze these things. And I certainly don't pretend to speak for them, but you know, we've got, like I mentioned, um, Marshall Burt in the Wyoming State House. We've got multiple, uh, we've got Jeff Hewitt in California, Riverside County Supervisor, which is huge. As far as constituency is concerned, he's probably our highest ranking, though Marshall Burt in Wyoming uh, legislature would technically be. Um, multiple people in, in Pennsylvania elected. And I think, you know, having already had someone, a libertarian in the, in Congress, in the U.S. House, I think is huge. I think that is something that we need to continue to, to talk about and share. And I'm so appreciative to Justin Amash for, for doing that for us. You know, he really is doing a great job being a spokesperson for us. And I hope that that continues and having that sort of already as a stepping stone I think is just going to make it much easier for us as we move forward to get closer and closer to the Oval Office. I can't, I mean, I I can imagine that actually happening. Um, And I do believe that once it happens, I think even once a state gets a libertarian governor, I I can't imagine a situation where anybody would want to go back. You know, why we would want to go back to anything besides that. It's, it's It's the only way that we can do the things that everybody claims they want to do. You know, most, most people don't want government taking control of their entire lives. Most people don't want enormous tax bills. Um, you know, that being taxed to the extent that if you don't, (laughs) if you don't, um, did you hear that one? That was a good one too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, um, if, if you, I don't know what the solution is again. Like I, I don't know how to make this happen, but I know that we are getting closer and closer. And I know that we have some significant advantages right now. You know, Joe Jorgensen as our presidential nominee uh, last cycle got, we had so many people come to the libertarian party because of her, just the exposure that she was able to get. She was so different than what they were used to hearing about. And so many young people in particular really gravitated toward her and came joined her campaign before joining the party and then came over and stayed. And that just is, is a, a signal to me that we are getting closer and closer and closer. And I just think it's, it, it's going to be fantastic. You know, these, I think if we were to pay attention to what some of our, our elected officials at the local level have been able to accomplish in the, in these areas where it actually impacts their day-to-day community life, we can kind of look at those examples, which unfortunately I don't have a specific one right now to share with you, but I'm aware of them. And if those sort of get, you know, magnified out into these higher levels of government, it just kind of shows that there are solutions, there are free market solutions, there are private solutions to our common and our shared pro- 
problems that don't require government force. And once people start getting a taste of that, I, I just don't think that they're going to want to go back. The, the, uh, you know, the Libertarian Party is seen as an organization that has been a life raft for a lot of disaffected conservatives. You know, Republicans who flee the GOP have often gone into the open arms of the Libertarian Party because it's ideologically closer to them. I wonder, though, whether in recent years, as polarization has gotten a lot greater, if you've seen a change in the number of defections coming from the Democratic Party. Are you seeing more Democrats coming your direction or, or, or am I wrong? Has it always been the case that kind of people have been coming to the Libertarian Party from both sides? Um, I, I don't I don't have any like specific numbers for you on that. But again, it's more anecdotal for me and at least for the people in my network. We are seeing a lot more now of disaffected uh, Democrats coming over or people that maybe not were even affiliated with the Democrat party, but who considered themselves to be on the left. Um, and a lot of them are starting to come back to this whole classical liberal, you know, philosophy, which I think is huge because that's really what libertarian libert libertarianism is about. It's that classical liberal philosophy. And so, um, that's a hard thing for a lot of <laughs> conservatives in the libertarian party to, to deal with. Um, but, but I think we're getting there. And it, so, yes, just from my perspective, we are appealing more to, to the left right now, not necessarily more than to the right, but there is a pretty good mix. And I think that depending on where, so if, if, if voters are in a place that is, that is currently controlled by Republicans, then the Libertarian Party will grow more with new you know, Democrats coming over because they see that as this is the way to undo the Republican Party. And I think in places where the Democrats are, are in control, the Libertarian Party is probably drawing more from the Republican side. Um, but either way, nationwide, people are fed up with with those two parties and are starting to finally see that they're really not, they're, they're really just the same thing. They just wear different costumes. Um, but so, um, well, well, and, and not that you guys don't wear a costume because your costume is the, is the porcupine. <laughs> so I, I gotta ask, I don't know the history. Why did the libertarians pick the porcupine? Um, well, I can't, I don't actually know the history of it either, but what I can say is that what it symbolizes is that the porcupine is actually a very peaceful and docile creature until you, um, until you attack them or come at them. So they are very, very strong and like defensively, but they are not aggressive. And that's sort of the, the symbol expressed there is um, that we, we believe that as long as you're not bothering me. I'm not going to bother you. But if you decide to aggress against me, I'm going to be well prepared to defend myself. <laughs> I, 
I, I mislabeled the title of today's podcast. I called it Don't Underestimate the Libertarians. We should have just called it Don't Fuck with the Libertarians. <laughs> it's just, uh, I, I love that. I had no idea. We've had others on this podcast, um, you know, Andrew Yang and some other folks talking about hypothetical political party animals have had a lot of suggestions, but um, had never known that the libertarians were porcupines and i think that's the best answer i've heard for why uh any party's got a particular mascot uh, I, I recognize we're coming to the end of our time here but uh whitney i wonder if you could paint a picture for us out of the current chaos uh you know folks feel in the wake of the trump presidency that things haven't really gotten better there was a hope that after trump left office that you know politics was going to become boring again, and that we could go back to debating things like, you know, major controversies like Barack Obama wearing a khaki suit and, you know, just just things that will allow us to tune out. Instead, it feels like we're lurching from catastrophe to catastrophe still. And, and worse, you know, when you dig into the numbers, and I talk about this all the time, there are these, there's a big spike in public attitudes towards political violence and political intimidation. I mean, things are, you know, measurably getting worse in that sense. Uh, what optimistic note can you leave us on about how to get out of that mess? And, and do you think third party politics offers sort of a pressure relief valve for what we're witnessing right now in our political system? Uh, yes, I do actually think we offer an option for pressure relief. Um, you know, there's, if we were to elect a full slate of libertarians today, people aren't immediately going, like their lives are not immediately going to change for the worse. So the people who are fearful of that, just like they're fearful of, of, of swinging from, you know, Democrats or Republican in their different districts, like it happens all the time. And, you know, things do, don't, your life doesn't automatically end. The world doesn't automatically end the next day. All of this is a process. And until we actually start electing people who are offering us something different and who have nothing to lose by trying it, um, we're, we're not going to see anything different. We're essentially endorsing what the political, the people with power now are doing. We're, we're continuing to endorse what they're doing. And what they're doing is, is just building this tension. I mean, the tension, like you say, it's, it's palpable. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people are just kind of like tuning out and, you know, not even wanting to engage with other people. And I think that's the wrong way to go. I think having conversations like this and being willing to, to demonstrate with other people in our communities and our neighboring communities or on social media or wherever, our humanity above our politics, I think is, is key because it's a reminder that this isn't about the people in power. This is about us. This is about, you know, us being able to live our lives peacefully together, coexisting here, um, you know, combining our resources if that's what we choose to do. And, um, you know, why not try it? We, we stand to lose nothing by trying a third party, by trying, by voting a different way. You know, just try it. You have nothing to lose. And if it goes bad, you can fix it next time. But it's not going to go bad. Uh, I, I like it. Look, I, I'm, I'm inspired. And as an independent, <laughs> you know, I'm keeping my options open. Uh, Whitney, incredibly grateful for you joining us, but also for what you're doing on the front lines to try to reform our political system uh, and for bearing with me 
in fumbling your name, fumbling our audio, and accusing you of being a spoiler. I don't know why anyone would ever come back to a, to a conversation like this uh, if uh, experiencing those three things, yet you are as resilient as you uh, assess that the porcupine libertarians are. I'm very resilient. It, I'll be fine. I'm happy to come back. <laughs> Uh, thank, thank you for joining us. We do appreciate it. We are going to be eagerly following what happens. We'd love to have you back to consider uh, to continue the conversation. Uh, and in the meantime, I urge folks to follow Whitney and the Libertarian Party on social media. Not only are there interesting developments in the space, but they are funny. <laughs> they are funny when right now everyone else on social media and the political realm is shrill. Uh, so, so give them a follow and uh, see what they have to say. Whitney, thank you for joining us. And thanks all of you for tuning in to Speaking Up. We look forward to chatting with you again next week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.